2: Uh, what's coming up on the Nerdist Community Corkboard? Well, I've got an app
3: for today, because I am real excited about that Jurassic World coming out, and James Miller, one of our listeners, has created an app called Pose and Draw Dinosaurs, and it is a art app designed for you to set up and learn how to draw 22 different dinosaurs, and I'm going to be honest, I have downloaded it, and it's amazing. And it works in tandem with a bunch of art programs for the iPad, I'm real into doing art on the iPad, so that you can lightbox things or different stuff, or go the old-fashioned way with doing stuff. It's uh, free, and then there's actually a $1 upgrade is the one-in-app purchase, and it is a real cool app. It's little kid-oriented, but I'm a 28-year-old man who played with it for two hours yesterday. (laughs) What do you got, Katie?
1: Uh, I just want to remind people that we have uh, Orphan Black's official podcast now on the Nerdist Podcast Network. It's called Clonecast, and it comes out every Wednesday, so it's out today. And they get a lot of cool people from the TV show, so anyone who likes the show will love it.
2: Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I also have to congratulate Kyle. For being really great the other night,
1: thanks.
3: Uh,
2: It was fun. A stand-up cluster, Kyle Clark had a killer set. Tell the jokes. That was a good. That was a good lineup. That was really fun. Good good group of folks on there. Um, I think the way we're gonna, uh, I'm probably gonna cut me out as much as possible, just so that it's so that the show is tighter two it's, hours it's long just the comics <laughs> so uh
3: so that'll be good we'll, we'll put that up soon yeah it's uh it was a, it was a lot of fun it was uh i posted somewhere that it was a real surreal experience because i definitely remember being just a dude who listens to the nerdist podcast <laughs> listening at first stand-up cluster and going like oh my god jonah ray doing stand-up this is amazing and to like uh, you know years later actually be on like the third one like it's a it's a real crazy cluster of folk to have all get to be in the short list on with, so it was pretty cool I was talking to Dan Telfer about it and we were both like that's kind of weird isn't it
2: well you were great
3: so Thank you. thanks for bringing the heat
2: Kyle oh, Clark man. and yes. everyone everyone had great sets yeah this was a fun it was night. a quality program I was very excited about it um, this uh, we're, we're going to be doing stand-up we're doing podcasts I believe we're about to do uh, announce a second a late show podcast uh, at San Diego Comic-Con on the Saturday night and then I'm doing fun comfortable stand-up tour on the Friday night so if you go to funcomfortabletour.com, dot then uh, you can get tickets to that. And then mm, I'm doing Montreal, the Ooh. Just Montreal, and just for I think NGF this can be your year, man. In Toronto, man. Uh, so that's <laughs> awesome. what if you just, just popped upon new faces, just to the horror of all the other people.
3: What is she doing here? Yeah, that'd be so good.
2: I don't. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't know if I would have a good set to be honest, because it's I'm so used to doing long form stand up now. That when I try to condense into
3: six minutes, like it's it it, it feels weird. I'm to upset because I'm starting to get that way, and uh, I have no reason to. But uh, <laughs> but like I, I did uh, my first couple of, like headlining spots recently, and got to doing. I'm like, oh, this is way better. This is so much better. That's yeah, great.
2: It's good fun. Uh, this episode of the podcast, Joseph Gordon Levitt returns. Ooh. Oh, he's the best.
3: He was so I great. I love that man.
2: You know, he was on a couple years ago, and. And and the, the episode particularly resonated with people because yeah. it was a it was just a very he's a very thoughtful guy and uh, and we talked about a lot of a lot of really I don't know like very personal stuff and it and and people really dug it and and you know I, obviously when someone comes back you're like well I hope they have fun again and it was and this time was just as fun he's such no a good dude yeah he is a good dude he's so, so
1: smart too yeah. yeah
2: yeah he's shockingly smart and uh, I mean to the extent where you feel a little intimidated.
3: Oh yeah, like, I, feel like, I feel like everybody heard him talk that first and we're like, oh, we're all stepping up our game right now. I see. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, we have to be present. <laughs> uh, he's promoting
2: Hit Record. The new season starts June 12th on Pivot. And now here's Nerdist Podcast number 688 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Now
0: entering Nerdist.com.
2: Man.
4: How's it going? What's up, dude? Nice to see you. Good to see you.
2: Welcome back. Hey, hey, how are you? Nice to see you, nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you too. You got dressed up for us. Yeah. I, I did. This <laughs> is a bit, Did you Thank see you the so red much. carpet outside? <laughs> we totally passed it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you put a rain slicker on Scout. <laughs> <laughs> He's that is... the only one who came prepared for the weather. He is... He was... I mean... Oh, she. I'm just seeing boobs. I, you know, I always forget if Scout's a. <laughs> the
1: dog. Everyone says he for dogs, i
4: Everyone says he for dogs and she for cruise ships. <laughs> and she for cats. She's the listing.
1: <laughs> well,
2: thanks for being a pretty chill dog owner. That's real. That explains yeah, why.
1: That like,
2: oh, and this dog will sit there, and that's the, the entire time, and just curl up and be a freaking cool dog. She's a social creature. She knows uh,
0: what's going on in the room. <laughs>
2: This dog has been in most of the podcasts that we've done for the last, what, like year and a half or yeah. something this like dog's that? Been-
1: <laughs>
2: That's why the dog's so chill. It's just like, yeah, whatever. I like, uh, couldn't care less. Just couldn't care less anymore. In the beginning, I wanted to take
0: pictures with everyone and get autographs, and then it now it's ask just... their opinion on the news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now it's just like, just put my rain slicker on me. I'm going to be over here. I don't give a shit anymore. It's good to see you again. Likewise, man. Likewise. The first time you came on the podcast, people talked are we recording to... already? Yes. It's already oh, happening. oh, is that how it happens? It's okay. Is, yeah, yeah. You sort of get blindsided with it. Got it, want, Got I'll it. I'll tell okay. you why. I'm I'll glad tell, I asked. Let me just let me give you a little I- information behind the matrix code. Okay. It's mainly so that people don't feel like, and now me telling you this, I don't know if this is helpful. It's basically, uh, you know, because you're, you're so used to doing interviews, people are so used to doing interviews, and I want it to be a conversation, and so when people, when you go, okay, it is time to start, yeah. sometimes people's shields go up. Right, right.
0: Like, now I am into an interview mode. See, that's funny, because at the beginning of every hit record episode... We start off saying, are we recording? And that comes from a certain thing that my brother and I used to always do because you've run into those situations enough times where something cool is happening, you want to record it, and then you do, and then you're like, okay, let's watch it back, let's watch it back fuck I wasn't recording that <laughs> so you check at, at the point you before you check. get started you say are we recording and you make sure that that's actually happening yes well first of all congratulations on hit record thank you thank you That and that uh, wasn't just a shameless segue into already plugging no, my geez, show please plug, <laughs> plug the it was. show plug <laughs> the show but it was so well done <laughs> that I'm not ashamed of it
2: <laughs> you know it reminds me of something else I saw on hit record which yeah, um... you
0: did. <laughs> why are we
4: all suddenly wearing red buttons this is crazy <laughs> What's happening? are we recorded yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh the, the the last time you were on the podcast was a couple of years ago and it and and it was an episode that i that people talked about to me for months and months and Is that months. Right? Oh, yes cool, man. because it, it took this really wonderful turn and we talked a lot about your brother and and, and it was it, it felt it was really um it was really nice and 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 i think
0: i feel the same way by the way and i'll say people have brought that that interview in particular up to me Probably as much as or more than any interview I've, I've oh, wow, ever that's done. Awesome. That's that's really true. That's
2: that that's really yeah. that's really cool, and it's it's really nice to have you back. And well, likewise. now we're going to recapture the magic. How's your brother?
0: no, I wasn't there. I don't think he you were there. there. <laughs> 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 you
4: know,
2: maybe that's not the right question.
0: <laughs> Actually, that was very much the right question. That was the perfect perfect question. <laughs> <I wasn't there>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's now. I'm now remembering. Uh, I'm yeah. now remembering. Matt. He's with now, my dad. He's with, uh, so. Oh, they're bowling. Oh uh, yes. That's what thunder is. You know, this is this is Matt.
2: <laughs> this is this is Matt. Yeah, hey, Matt. <laughs> Wait, Matt he and a, a, Red out and out. a Red Sox. And a Red Sox. Are you not a Red Sox
0: fan? <laughs> I'm from LA, dude. Oh, okay. I can't right. root for any Boston teams.
2: Okay, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Matt, You know, do you root for them? Really root for them? The Red Sox? Yeah. I,
4: I literally was watching them play the Orioles before I came here. How, how was that going? 0-0 uh, zero, zero in the fourth. Oh, okay. You know, pitch count's a little high on uh, Rodriguez. I, but, I'm already lost. You but know. I'm glad to know that it's
2: uh, <laughs> that it's a thing that's happening. Yeah. Is, uh, the Dodgers are playing
4: currently. We're, we're well, in I think season. he's more a Lakers fan and hates the Celtics. You have that exactly right. Oh, okay, that's what hates. You have that 100% <laughs> <hates> that. correct. <laughs> that's right. Matt has a sports
2: sense, yeah. so he yeah. can yeah. tell. I know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I hate the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do?
2: <laughs> now when you like a team, what is it that you like specifically about it? Like what what makes you go? Is it is it is it local pride or is it something about the way that they're managed? That's or? a
0: question I ask myself all the time. You know, sports <laughs> is funny cuz you get invested. It's different than a movie. When you when you love a team, and you watch a game, you're, first of all, you're investing a lot of time in, in watching that game, and you're just as likely to feel like shit at the end of the night yes. as you are to feel good. Because if they lose, <laughs> you're, you're screwed. Your whole emotional state will be ruined for the night. Um, so why do we pick teams I don't know. It's like a tribal thing or something. I, yeah, mean, I guess. Yeah. It's geographic. Yeah. It's, mean, it's
4: really just like sort of like your roots or you know, that's your city. You choose that to be
0: your well, my city. Mo- my mom will have specific reasons. That's like, I like this coach. Oh, I, I can like give you reasons why the Lakers, the 1980s Magic Johnson Lakers are the best
4: sports <laughs> team of all time. I can give you lots I mean, of reasons for I that. I don't know. But let's just talk about the 80s Celtics with Larry Bird, basketball Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hit record? Because <laughs> this, this is about to get magical. About to
0: get well, magical. okay, let, let's talk about a thing. Because sure. Larry Bird is more like the category of Michael Jordan, who's an awesome player right. on his own and makes great shots and all that. But mm-hmm. Magic Johnson... Is someone who is able to unite a team and orchestrate teamwork in a way that is far more entertaining for me, anyway, as yeah. a watcher, than just an individual guy who's a great player I love on his own. Watching Larry Bird make everyone look like an idiot. <laughs> I,
4: I I like him trash talking. I like if you go back. There's a great uh, the three point contest at the All Star game, in, I think '86 or '87 uh Larry Bird just runs the table on the threes and then he just throws the last one up from the corner doesn't even watch it and just walks away and then nails it he oh, had a wow. perfect it was amazing he's the he's the best he's- I mean I can watch highlight reels because I'm like oh
2: you know these are these are the peak moments of the thing like right. I get to yeah. see everyone shining you know the thing that they've trained their whole lives for is is connecting right here and it's working part of
4: it's the I just like the pacing of sort of watching things on television. I like when the announcers don't have anything to talk about, so then they just start talking about the food that they had that day. It's like a real sort of like yeah, all right, let's just let this happen
0: but also highlight rule reel, uh, highlight reels you don't have the suspense That's because true. every play on a highlight reel, the ball's going through the hoop, yeah, so you don't have you're not on the edge of the seat. To yeah. see if it goes in or not.
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, I'll make my way through a video game and then I'll go back with the cheat codes and then, and then just run through it really fast. Right. So maybe that, maybe that's... So, so, so cheaters like highlight reels, <laughs> is what you're saying.
4: <laughs> I think that's what we've arrived
0: at.
2: <laughs> now, to be fair, I did say I, I would play through the first time. You did right. say that. And then I would like to run through with, yeah. uh, and with the And that's important. Codes, see, just I've
0: just, just never won a video game ever. No. Not for lack of trying. That's not true. I've, I've, I've beaten Street Fighter. That's Street it. Fighter. Okay. Yeah, I think we talked about Street Fighter last time. That's really my only video game that I'm good at. And it's and by the way, Street Fighter is one of those games that you can still play and it's still fun. Oh, completely. And I I this is probably biased, but I hold the opinion that it's still better than any of the newfangled Street Fighter descendants. <laughs> any Mortal Kombat, Tekken, anything is none of them have the finesse and the subtleties. <laughs> That Street Fighter has. In First my of opinion. all,
2: I appreciate that you're already using grandpa language, like newfangled. These <laughs> newfangled He's new games, chicken games. We used to say, "Finish him," and then we'd finish him. That now. Mortal yeah, that's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat.
4: Yeah, I want to confuse the two. <laughs> but that
2: Mortal Kombat's the one that I played because uh, that's the one we had at uh, at UCLA. There was a. Um, there was a video. There was an arcade, mm-hmm. and they all had the uh, winners don't use drugs uh, things on there. It's true. Yeah, but then I would lose, and I'd be like, so Should I take drugs now? Like I don't know. <laughs> the <laughs> answer is it, also yes. As a personal message, <laughs> I mean, I didn't win. It says winners don't use drugs. Losers must use drugs. So I, I don't know. I was, but but Mortal Kombat was kind of my. You know, and I and I and I stand by the Mortal Kombat movie. I stand by the old Mortal Kombat. The Mortal movie. Kombat movie is better than the Street Fighter movie. That's, <laughs> that's true. Oh, correct. Yeah. yeah. Are there any things from your childhood that, as you're older and you have more sway with things, or, you know, I think I got to make that a thing. I think I got to make a movie out of that, or I got to go back and resurrect oh, that.
0: Oh well. Uh, hmm. Um. I could only probably tell you about things that, you know, haven't moved forward and therefore <laughs> would be embarrassing for everyone involved to talk about. Uh, yeah. But you've know. tried. You've tried. I had idea. I, I had what I thought was a really cool idea for Choose Your Own Adventure <sighs> that uh, they uh, didn't take my As idea. a movie? A Choose Your Own Adventure as a movie? Yeah.
2: Oh, man. that's That sounds... But I mean, how does that even? Does the whole theater choose at
0: one time, or do you? You know, there there was talk of that. I don't, I, I don't think the technology is quite there yet mm-hmm. to do that right. I right. think that's coming. They okay. clap, and a guy has to change a reel. Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> I think I think eventually that, and probably sooner than later, stuff like that will happen, where like a room full, a cinema full of people are all using their own devices and influencing the story that you're seeing up on the big screen. Okay, when someone gives you a billion dollars for hit record, what exactly. you got to do well,
2: exactly. is you got to rent out the arc light, mm-hmm. you shoot five different adventures. Does this exist already? What?
4: But they they, that doesn't sound the but same. But did they though. know? Like, did they know that their reactions were influencing the movie? Movie was based
2: on the movie?
4: Right, right, right. But they I weren't know. really how you're choosing. Saying, but they just, weren't actively were really choosing.
2: No, no, that's more like they
0: were. He was algorithming your own adventure. Not the like, same, it wasn't really. But was he? Was he? How was he getting input from the audience by applause or by what? By like, weird reactions. Down. Just watching no, like, them. That's interesting. I didn't it's know that. That's not, what that not, movie not was. Not choose your own adventure. No.
2: And who's it? Who's that kid's name? What's his name? Frank, never gonna, no, yeah. never gonna <laughs> work out. Yeah, that's why it didn't. Wait, Go back it, to uh, making
0: wine. Can I just ask a technical question? You don't have a microphone in front of you. Are we hearing you? Yo. <laughs> We're not supposed to like pretend that he's not talking or something. No, I mean we okay. do do that, <laughs> but
2: it's
3: not required. Okay. 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 Yes. All right, Follow okay. up question or anything or no? We're good. No, I
0: just I just wanted to understand. I just I could help
3: with that because I just read that article on that thing, and okay. so I had that. No, that I was like, thing that was different, different than, from what we were talking about. It's different than Choose Your
0: Adventure. Like Choose Your Adventure would be
2: at a certain point in the movie, you could say like, you know, if you want to pick this, go to theater two. If you want to pick this, go to theater four. If you want to pick now, interesting, no, no. Do it with a whole cinema, and then everyone has to get up, and then they all go to the theater, <laughs> and then at the very end, they all come back. For you know, they all come back. The ending somehow gets tied together in four or five different ways. That's interesting. To the you know, but that's like that, that's like that's when you when you have a billion dollars yeah. and you can <laughs> rent out a theater and shoot five no, different. Movies. I mean,
0: these are the kinds of things that I think about, and and I I don't I don't know if it's going to be quite like choose your own adventure, but I do really think that eventually there will be a thing where uh, where lots of different people are all gathered in one place and you know working with their devices in various ways. And there's some sort of, you know, master of ceremonies or dungeon master, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> who's sort of got, you know, the finger on the control button of what's going up on the big screen. Yep, And it's... But it's it is sort of a largely collaboratively
2: told story. You know, it's you. Maybe you were a little ahead of your time, but it's but it's still
0: it's it's not over. You got <laughs> plenty of time to
2: make this happen.
0: But my idea for choose your own adventure was was much more conventional than that. They didn't they they didn't throw me out of, of the studio because <laughs> I was I was trying to raise a billion dollars to hit record. <laughs> um, I I just thought. I don't know, is it weird to like pitch a a rejected no No, on on a podcast? No,
2: please. Does that happen? Not not at all, because then someone will be like,
0: we have to kickstart that! And then (laughs) the next thing you know, you have
4: $10 million. My idea
0: for Choose Your Own Adventure was to do it sort of like how you know in NeverEnding Story... There's the world of Bastion reading the book. Yes, of course. And then there's the world within the book. Yes. That was That's the basic idea of how I wanted to do a choose-your-own-adventure where you had like a character, probably two characters, like maybe two kids or something, a brother and a sister or something like that who are reading choose-your-own-adventure together and go through the book once and it happens one way and then maybe like later in life – the you know the the younger sibling comes back and goes through the book again, but it happens differently, and so or something like that, where your the emotional stakes are coming from the the character who's reading, yes, Choose your own adventure book, but they kind of just wanted to you know do you know just a big action movie and call it Choose Your Own Adventure. <laughs> yeah. So are people choosing? No. No. Well, <laughs> well technically. In an adventure movie? No. They, no, they it's action. Chose, it's not they even the chose, same. not even the
4: same. No, not at no. all. The second they bought a ticket, they chose this adventure. They,
0: they, chose, they chose this adventure. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, you, you know, what's it say? You
4: choose a lot of things yeah, in a movie. Am I going to get <laughs> good
2: and <laughs> plenties? Am I going to get popcorn? Am I going to pee right now? Am I going to wait? They are choosing it. So they it drink like, too much. Oh, they
4: have to go to the bathroom. Joe, That's part of the adventure. Choose your own adventure if you think
2: about it, fifty studio head So now? have we got a <laughs> deal? <laughs> Louis Maya said to me once, "Go fuck yourself." Uh, yeah, I really feel like this, it's the kind of thing that the more, especially the more that things can be crowdfunded, and the more that you know, technology essentially makes it easier for people. I mean, you really could just make you could make most things right now on your own. I mean, I don't think it's out of the I don't think it's out of the question. You don't need the big Hollywood machine.
0: Well, the funny thing to me is that that the the technology is actually ahead of the culture like that that um with the technology that we have now we could be doing a lot more progressive things that are way you know kind of beyond what storytelling culture is today Mm -hmm. and it's actually not the technology that limits us at this point it's it's the fact that we're just not used to doing that. And we think of stories as, right, a story is something where I sit on a couch and, and listen. And someone tells me a story. And that someone is someone I never get to meet. And they just live on the other side of the screen. And they take my money. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's what a story is. But if we, if we just kind of changed our minds about that. And it was like, no, a story is something where we all gather together. Some of us are in the same room. Some of us aren't in the same room. Whatever. And we all kind of have our you know, our contribution to make on what this story is. Yeah. Then, and and by the way, I think that's kind of the more natural way that stories happen. Probably if you go back thousands of years, uh, and forgive me if I said this to you before, because this is the story, this is like the thing I always bring up and I always like to think about, is that if you go back thousands of years and, you know, you have earlier human beings gathering around a fire to tell a story or something, I doubt that there were a 100 people sitting quietly, <laughs> while one or five people told or acted out a story. That's not how it went, I'm sure. I'm sure someone talked for a certain amount of time until someone else or a few other people were like, no, 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 that's not how it went. This is what happened. And then someone else is like, oh, but I heard blah, 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 blah. Right. And then, you know, you come back to the fire next week and someone tells a story and it's got a new twist. And that's, I feel like, the more natural way human beings tell stories in, in sort of social uh, collaborative ways. Choose your own cave. Choose your own cave. <laughs> you <Choose> know,
2: your... <laughs> I think this is sort of like. Have, have you been to any of the haunted house, like Sleep No More, or any of the haunted house? Adventures? I went to Sleep No More in New York City. Yeah, uh, that's. I every time I'm there, I never have a night off. I'm only usually there working. My girlfriend's been, and she loves she loves those and like escape the room type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. they're different, but but you know that kind of immersive storytelling right. is really interesting
0: too. Would I. I I, I thought that Sleep No More... And forgive me if I'm talking about something that only a few people in New York have, have gotten to experience, but I thought it was beautiful. The the whole look of... I mean, what it is, just to summarize it, is it's like this fl- five-floor building where they've production designed the hell out of it, and there's tons of rooms and beautiful set design. Is it a walk-up? <clears throat> uh, there's <laughs> elevator Grant, and stairs. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, And there's also these sort of performers moving about. Uh, They don't. Well, they're kind of actors, kind of dancers, Mm -hmm. performance artists, or something. They don't talk so much. Um, And and so the audience, everyone, kind of just walks through and uh, and gets to observe and sort of go into whatever room they want and see what's happening. And they say that it's uh, a retelling of Macbeth. And my takeaway from it was I just wish they didn't tell me it was a a retelling of Macbeth because (laughs) it's not. Like, there's no... Maybe, kinda, but not... Like, there's no... I couldn't find where the... Macbeth story was, and I was looking. Yeah. And actually, as soon as I stopped looking, like two thirds of the way through the night, I was like, you know, maybe I should just give up on this whole Macbeth <laughs> idea. I started enjoying myself a lot more. Yeah. So you're
2: just you just you allowed yourself to experience the thing.
0: Yeah. Once I was just like, God, this all looks amazing. And stop thinking about what's the story? Whoa, is there a story I want to follow? It? What's this character doing? What's their motivation? Like, because there wasn't any really. Well, now and that, now now there's a
2: bunch of. Uh, I mean, not surprisingly, a lot of them pop up around Halloween, but um, there's a lot of uh, types of um, I- immersive events like that, but there are degrees to which you will you can allow the performers to touch you right so since some of the scarier ones they will it'll be dark and they'll just fucking grab you and like right. yank you into another room and uh, and I and I'm throw not you in a baby cradle throw you and in take a baby you for a cradle. ride yeah <laughs> <laughs> I may not be okay with that um but but Finding different ways and, and particularly now with you know, I mean, are are you playing around with um are you playing around with Periscope or any of any new social media tools to tell stories at all?
0: I ha I I've, I've I haven't really played with Periscope much. No. That that's like the live streaming It's a live streaming app. Yeah. I mean I really think that's fun. really exciting. I, I I should play with it more. Is it how's the delay on it is my question. It's
4: not terrible. It's, it's pretty, not? It's
0: pretty yeah. good. And you know, what's fun about it is that
2: the, the I feel like there's a slight philosophical approach between using that versus just putting up a video on YouTube, right, which you know you- youtube for the most part, I feel like oh here's a moment that got captured, but now people are so people are getting closer and closer and closer to wanting to be in the moment of things almost <laughs> like we're almost <laughs> gonna travel back in time yeah but it it really captures very special very special moments, and it's and it's really cool just to think that you know at any given time you could I mean obviously we've had live streaming for a long time, but just not something as as simple that was adopted by a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I gotta try it. I definitely have to try it. I mean Twitch is great, but
2: you know but if you're just out if you're just out in the world and something happens or you're gonna try something and or yeah. you just wanna talk to people, it's it's a really it's a it's a great tool. I really like
0: it. I have a fantasy you know how on on live broadcasts you'll have a bunch of different cameras in the studio or mm-hmm. in the arena or whatever and then you have like a control room and someone's yeah. like ready camera 2 go camera 2 blah 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 and they're able to switch the cameras i wouldn't it be cool if and maybe this exists already i just don't know uh if if it were like a live streaming thing like that, and everyone's phone could all connect to a hub like that, oh. and you could kind of switch back and forth between, like Cerebro, sure
4: Batman had that. I'm pretty, <laughs> right, you're right. <laughs> you're I think it right. might have been around for that. He was the world's
2: greatest detective. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing like Professor X in Cerebro, where he just puts the helmet on and then he can see everything. Right. You know, he can see every mutant all over the world. That, that, right. that kind of that you, you could see all that, all those sorts of points of view.
0: You know what's funny is um, thinking about that. That's that whole sequence, which is towards the end of the second yeah. Nolan Batman movie, the, the, the Dark Knight, and maybe before it was called the Dark Knight, <laughs> and uh, uh, where he does where he has all those cameras. Yeah, I've thought of that a lot recently because I just got finished uh, shooting a, a Snowden movie. Oh yeah, the Oliver Stone one. Yeah, and uh, and I I don't I feel like uh, no one talked about it that much in two thousand eight when the Dark Knight came out. Right about the implications of of what Batman has right there at the end of the movie
4: well lucius knows it's no good
0: and and yeah and he's <laughs> and he's very cautionary towards yeah. it it's true but it was just a few years before we really started as a you know in a in a more popular way paying attention to the concerns over mass and I mean, it's fascinating we're all walking around with microphones and cameras
2: yeah at all times yep. which yeah. you can broadcast
4: ostensibly just broadcast to the world mm-hmm. at any time. Yeah, but not all. even that. I mean, just the, the thought of the backdoor access to that thing, right? Ba- you know, through a server. Sure. You know what I mean?
0: Did you talk to... A, you, you, you must have talked to Nolan about that at some point or other,
2: right? Did you ever talk to him
0: about it? I actually, you know what? I haven't spoken to Chris about Snowden yet, and I look forward to uh, <laughs> when next I get to talk to him, and, and I'll be very curious to hear what he thinks.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, but also in terms of philosophical implications
0: of technology and i mean well you know chris is 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 somewhat of a luddite like he doesn't really yeah he doesn't have a cell phone the man he doesn't have an email address wow he uh i mean you know his his wife and producing partner emma does Mm -hmm. and so uh and they you know work very closely together so um there's that but uh but yeah he's He's he he he's pretty resistant to a lot of the new technology. Oh wow, that's I, I, I sometimes I maybe he's changed since last we spoke about it. But, but I yeah. mean, I feel like sooner or later you
2: have to be like, ah, fuck, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess I got to get. One yeah, of those things. I mean,
2: it is like a technological quicksand. Like sooner or later, like all right, I, gotta, I guess I gotta,
4: I guess I gotta throw in the towel. Yeah, and let myself be connected to people. You would have thought. Well, that's the thing too? Like they had to like with those Samsung TVs, they had to tell people like be careful what you're saying in front of the TV because the voice activation the TV has it goes to a an server, active microphone that's just sitting in your
0: house now because sure. of the TV and, and, it,
2: and it and it can go to their servers and you know yeah. whatever whatever you say mm-hmm.
0: just you know. like in 1984. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's the case with all of our phones. Yeah. But what's
2: interesting is that you know, like 1984. It, it, <laughs> if we are if we are going toward a, if we are going toward a, a an Orwellian construct like that, you know, who's who's Big Brother? Are is is everyone Big Brother in the way that it's happening now? Because we're all kind of looking at each other and right. you know, policing everything that we that what everyone else does and
0: says. You know, I mean, that's a really complicated thing, right? Because in when Orwell wrote 1984 it was what in, in the late forties, I Mm -hmm. think he wrote that book. And, you know, we had just come off of, uh, fascism and Hitler and Stalin and, and, well, we're still in the middle of Stalin and, um, and things, it was a simpler time where power was concentrated in the hands of single political parties and, you know, even single, you know, individual men were, were so powerful. And, And now I feel like it doesn't, work like that the power is is, no i hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist and i i i really don't want to sound like that Um, well you just came from oliver stone movie (laughs) but
3: But, you know but to be fair the the
2: the the technology and particularly the you know the interconnectivity of the the internet it it changed it it did it did flip it did flip a lot of power in one sense Mm -hmm. because now essentially everyone you know, there, there, there's no guardian at the gates of information anymore. It's mm-hmm. all, I mean, and particularly having just come off the snow. There movie,
4: probably still know. are, but the lizard people want us to think otherwise. <laughs> oh, no, Matt,
2: what <laughs> happened?
4: <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Guys, I've been watching Ancient Aliens, and I just
2: want to say. <laughs> oh, no. They never arrive. They all just say it could be
4: Ancient Aliens. They never solve anything. There's no declarative statements on that program, which No, makes it uh, endlessly what It could be. frustrating. Yeah, some ast- ancient astronaut theorists
2: believe. <laughs> yeah, not even a, a there. There are theorists about yeah. ancient astronauts, but but having just come off a movie like that, how closely did you get to the source material, and how, you know, how do you how do you tackle that, particularly with Oliver Stone, who's been on the podcast and is also very, he's you once he starts talking, you kind of just go okay, you know, because right. there's no he's so armed with. You know, with he knows a lot of history, he like, knows a lot about, of things that yeah. i there, there's no point for me to go, well, wait a minute, what about uh, I got nothing like yeah, I don't
0: know right it's well, I mean well, I would just try to be curious you know and and ask a lot of questions and even even though it is sometimes intimidating to ask Oliver questions, I asked him lots and lots of questions, and in fact, what you find with Oliver is. He he appreciates it if you stand up to him, if you challenge him, if you even sort of fight him. That's what he kind of likes and uh-huh. responds to and that's what what you know how how the the creative process works with with him
2: good morning joe fuck you oh, oliver fuck you. whoa wait what
0: <laughs> you'd be surprised how close it kind of came to that so, uh, no, no,
2: no,
4: no,
0: no. <laughs> i mean did
2: you did you hang out with snowden and talk to him and was he involved in the project at all
0: Let's talk about that another time. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs>
2: yeah. I totally understand.
0: Well, we've got a surprise. He's here. He's here. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Joe.
0: Hey. <laughs> He's over in the corner making yeah.
1: this stretch.
0: <laughs> no, but, I mean, for me, the, the truth is uh, I really didn't know very much about the Edward Snowden story when Oliver first called me. Uh, I was excited and honored to have Oliver call me up. Um, just because i you know love so many of his movies um but in 2013 when uh when the snowden leaks first came out i was just really really busy and i was not up on the news and i didn't really know very much about it Uh, and it wasn't until oliver asked me that i i started doing some reading and uh and you know i just read as much as i could And, and it's in particular Watched Snowden himself and not on, you know, Brian Williams or whatever, where he's very edited. Um, John Oliver, he was great on John Oliver, but, but you can, you can get a much better sense of him. If you watch, you know, one of the longer talks he'll give, you know, long talks with, uh, um, like he and Lawrence Lessig had a conversation at, at Harvard and, or, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but if you just look on YouTube for kind of the longer Edward Snowden talks, you can get a better sense of what he's trying to say. And unfortunately, it does take some time. The The, the, the issues he's talking about are complicated to the point where it's very difficult to speak about them in very brief soundbites. Mm. You know? and,
2: and we're just total soundbite culture now. Exactly. People yeah. get their news, they'll see like... Four words of a headline, and they go, I got it. And it's Actually, like, whoa, 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 re- you don't got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, exactly.
4: no, I'm pretty sure, I, no, got it. I'm got pretty sure it.
2: I got it. I got enough information so I could get angry at the internet. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, you don't, please, yeah. for the love of God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, and even, and I feel like part of the conversation that I had with him was, you know, if you're representing if you're representing history, you're also still a storyteller, mm-hmm. and so you know this is you know you have a point of view and 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 obviously. But I feel like sometimes you know some people will go watch a movie like JFK and they'll go, "That's a documentary. That's exactly how that happened." And you're like, right. "Well, I mean, I guess it could it could you could have, but I don't. Sure. You know, it is also a movie, and it is also it is a acting. movie. It
0: is a movie. But I actually I don't think that that like an Oliver Stone movie is is all that much." Less objective than CNN, right? Because CNN to me looks like a show.
2: Uh, absolutely, you know, and people
0: sh- forget that. Yeah, people
2: forget that the news that the, you know. I think I think people assume that if they see something on the news, like oh, well, that's exactly. That's one hundred percent the That's way the it's news. being presented. <laughs> yeah. That is the news. As
4: the man to- is named Wolf. He's telling <laughs> me the <laughs> truth. <laughs> He's named after a thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, but the idea that you know it is news is basically basically capitalist, and they all mm-hmm. need they all are owned by companies, and they all need your attention so they mm-hmm. can get sponsors, and so you know and they figure out who their demo is and. Yeah. You know, and it's then, really
0: pretty similar to what you and I do. It's, it's like almost yeah. exactly the same.
2: Yeah. It's but it's but they're they're supposedly peddling in <laughs> in some form of reality, yeah. and and that's what that's what's sort of scary. And 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 how in a culture that's so littered with so much pers- so many different points of view all at one time, how do you sift through all of that to get to the nuggets of what may be close to the truth and yeah. and the answer is I don't know
0: yeah. I, it's it's overwhelming well I, I'll i tell you since since I, we have the opportunity here to speak in in a longer form that's yes. that I let me I'm just I'll take the opportunity to tell you a couple things that I found that when I was reading about all the Snowden stuff that really struck me mm-hmm. uh, and things that that maybe don't get talked about so right. much How on, hot his girlfriend on was? TV next, yeah. <laughs> next. <laughs> so um The first thing that actually really caught my attention was um, about this guy named James Clapper, who is the director of national intelligence, meaning he works uh, and kind of oversees the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, all these intelligence agencies. Big, big, you know, top dog guy. And uh, in, I think, 2011, he got called before Congress and as you do when you testify before Congress, he swore to tell the truth. And he was asked, is the NSA collecting millions of uh, phone records on American citizens? And he said, no. Unequivocally, he said, no, sir. Uh, And then he said, not wittingly, uh, not wittingly, no. (laughs) Which is kind of a weird dance around or something. But he... He just outright lied Right. in, in just – there's no way you can interpret that in any other way than that he lied. But no one could prove that he was lying until Edward Snowden provided this evidence that showed that the director of national intelligence – I mean he, he committed perjury. It's, it's subversive to say that I guess, but when you get up in front of Congress and you swear to tell the truth and then you tell a lie, that's, that's perjury. Um, so that was one of the first things that really struck me is like, well, if the the director of national intelligence is being asked by a senator, hey, is this happening? Because I, as the representative, the elected representative of the people, I'm asking you, is it happening? And you just flat out lie, then our government's broken. That's, <laughs> that's not a democracy anymore. That's no longer a, a government where the people – are having the control that are, that has been promised. The whole what's so beautiful about the United States of America, you know, the the thing that we fought for in the American Revolution, etc., is is the whole idea that that the American government is accountable to the American people, and the government's not the one in power; the people are the one in power. Right. And but when the, you know some high up government official is lying to the elected representative of, of the people. Uh, then that's not a democracy anymore, right? And so, so that was that was one of the things that that really struck me. It was like, well, but if that's happening, then what? How could we ever fix that? The only way that could ever really get fixed is if someone like Edward Snowden kind of broke the rules and blew the whistle. And and of course, then everyone's gonna sort of come down on him and say, "Hey, traitor! You know, you weren't supposed to, you know, say these things." But it's you know you got to look at it's Snowden's bosses 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 boss that's really breaking the law. Of course they're going to blame the little guy, but it's the little guy. All he was doing was kind of telling. He was just telling the truth. I'm wondering because I think a lot of people
2: probably a lot. I, I would imagine a lot of Americans are like, you know what? Just keep me safe. I don't give a shit how you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's shady shit going on in government. I just don't want to know
0: about it as long as my family is safe. Exactly. So, and in fact, that's funny because that that's one of the other things that I found that really struck me, which was that these mass surveillance tools don't actually help prevent terrorism. There isn't evidence of them helping to prevent terrorism. And you have to understand the difference between targeted surveillance versus mass surveillance. Targeted surveillance is perfectly legal, perfectly constitutional. Someone in law enforcement, whether it's the NSA or the CIA or the FBI or police or anybody, says, hey, we have, we have reason to believe that this guy is maybe a problem. And we're going to a court. can prove probable cause. And then, of course, you can go and snoop and listen to his phone calls, read his emails. <laughs> get a flower van. A t- <laughs> try to put it out in front of the yeah. – Absolutely. That's all good. Um, that's targeted surveillance, and that that's how they stop terrorism, and and they successfully thwart terrorist threats that way all the time. But as far as evidence, actual examples of, hey, we use these mass surveillance tools, these tools that just collect everything from everybody to stop terrorism, they can't come up with any examples. There aren't. They don't. It doesn't work. It's, it's not a useful system because it's too much information, so they're not – They're not actually uh, – it's not helpful in finding terrorists.
2: It's kind of funny that – I mean I'm sure when you were young and you were like, oh, I want to be a performer, it never occurred to you like – being a performer means that I might have to research and find out things I wish I didn't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not just I get to be Robin yeah. you know like it's not it's not, it's a totally different don't belittle the responsibilities of Robin <laughs> <laughs> no he's a... okay, Robin wait, has a lot but, on his shoulders no, you, you know what I, that was talking out of line there you're totally right Robin is very responsible <laughs> and uh and he does take over in yeah. some capacity he does get to take over for a bit and uh and so i yes i you know i really am
0: Nobody, you're right it's one of the things i love about my job i get to i get to look into all kinds of things i get to learn all kinds of things before shooting snowden i got to learn to you know walk on a high wire oh the zemeckis movie yeah yeah did you uh, did you successfully walk on a super scary high wire with yeah, just a not not uh thousands of feet in the air jesus christ but but yeah you I learned how to do it. And it was actually, it was Philippe Petit that, that taught me. He, he was very intent. He didn't want anybody else to teach me. He's like, don't try it with anybody else before we meet. And he arranged this whole situation for us to spend like eight straight days together. And, uh, and he taught me how to do it. And did you
2: have to overcome the crippling fear of, uh, just being on a place where you could fall? And
0: Yeah. It's funny because it's, so when I was doing it, I would always have a, a safety line. Right. Um, And the safety line actually doesn't help you balance because if they put any uh, pressure on the safety line, it would throw you off balance. It's just there that if you fell, it would catch you. Sure. So mentally, I know I'm not going to fall, but your body kind of doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird head game. You see actually how. Uh, how little power your mind has uh, (laughs) over the situation and how much your, your emotions are just controlled by kind of this autopilot physical body of yours, because I learned on, on like, you know, two or three feet off the ground and I got pretty good at it easy where I I didn't even have to worry about it too much. I could just kind of do it. But then we shot the movie with the wire 12 feet off the ground um, so that they could shoot all the cool angles and whatnot. And just that difference of the extra 10 feet, my body just got all jittery and tight and scared, even though I have the safety thing on. I know nothing bad can really happen. Doesn't matter. My body froze up until I had just spent enough time up there uh, at that height. To where it got acclimated and and got used to
2: it. I just I feel like I would get up there
0: and then I would get a foot cramp and then I'd be pissed that I had a foot (laughs) cramp and then I would fall off. It's a mental. I mean, you're you're right because it's so much mental. If you have to you have to just keep focused. I mean, it's it's an incredible exercise. Wind gusts.
4: That's what I always found fascinating about him actually but doing when you that. See, yeah, like yeah. when
2: you see some of those old videos, you'll see like a gust he'll start to, like, you see him start to take a step and you'll see it like it move a little bit and he has to stop for a second <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and just kind of let the basically just like a wave just sort of like mm-hmm. ride ride the wave a little bit and then when the gust stops, but yeah it's uh, you've been in a tall building and yeah. then you can hear the wind like mm-hmm. hitting the building. And uh, there's no part of me that's like I wish I was out there.
1: <laughs> like I see
2: a window washer, and I just I feel like my body flushes. I just feel yeah.
0: yeah I don't I don't have that gene. Yeah. Well, this movie uh, might make you sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a little like do you is it is, the, is most of the movie
0: just like if you're watching it are you like? Uh, it's I wouldn't say it's most of the movie because you know the way Zemeckis always tells stories is he he's very good at getting you invested in. The characters, yeah. you know, like when you watch Back to the Future, the whole sequence with the clock tower—I mean, it looks amazing—but a, a big part of why we love it so much is because you really care about Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Yes. You know I mean? uh, so, so most of the movie isn't on the wire. It's a lot of the movie is just about this. You know this guy who's on the one hand a brilliant artist and on the other hand a madman, just completely insane, and sort of the the balance of that just in his head, and and the you know the people that were uh, were around him, his friends and and you know co-conspirators who helped him do it, and just the personal relationships of, uh, and and just the the balls that it takes to (laughs) to say like we're gonna do that i know it seems impossible but we're gonna do it speaking of balls i feel like you could slip and fall
2: and rack yourself something fierce up on on a high wire you
0: could even with the safety harness yeah i mean
2: mean, the safety harness isn't going to keep you from splitting yourself in half with the wire and and the the stunt team told me that all the time (laughs) (laughs) look out for your ball (laughs) no no don't talk to me what else have you been doing in the last two a couple of years since we saw you? Mm. You did you've done you've done a few movies, hit records, been on you're going is it what season are you? It's on Pivot.
0: It's on Pivot and the second season is about to start. Second
2: season starting soon.
0: Yeah. Um what else have I done? Man, you act like I do things other than work. <laughs> no, I'm so lucky, dude. I I it's a it's a funny thing. Uh because I get into interview situations sometimes where we're like, okay, but yeah, yeah, but let's talk about, uh, you know, just other things. Like, do you have any hobbies or like, what do you like to do? Do you like to this, that? And I'm like... Oh, I don't have answers for ta- that either. I'm so telling you like, yeah, because you do, you do tons of shit too. Like I see, you're always doing shows and various, like so many things. I-, I I love my job. I'm super lucky to get to do it. And I really spend a lot of time doing it. <laughs> 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 I
2: mean, it's important because it so many people don't even really know what they want to do. And so when you're lucky enough to know what you want to do and then you're even further lucky that you're able to do that thing, it just it just feels like... I don't know how I better. I better do this now. I don't know how long this may not be here forever. You're right. You're like, there's that to, too. Yeah, you know, I really need to embrace this while it's a thing, because who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Do that's interesting. I I really that really resonated with me. Do you you have that feeling where like of course like oh shit I don't know if I'll be given these opportunities a year from now, so. and
2: it almost feels irresponsible to not take them
0: right because
2: I flash back to unemployed me right and.
0: And he's going, what
2: are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I would kill to be... Yeah. Why don't you just... Do? And I'm like, yeah. okay, I got to... You know, of course I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, and have you found... Uh, have you found a, a way to balance it? Have you found a way to... Yes,
2: I have a phenomenal girlfriend. Uh-huh. I have a wonderful girlfriend who's taught me the value of, you know, spending time together and and going away and taking little, you know, moments and just spending time with her. It's a, It really... Made all the difference If it was just me I would be completely Running myself into the ground Right, right. Completely that And I'm still on the sense. edge Of doing that but, but I still You know I still have reserved A side of me That is just for Just for that And it's really It's really nice
0: How do you feel I'm curious And how do you Do you uh, Do you talk about Your relationship With your girlfriend In public In press sure. And stuff like that
2: I mean no, Yeah I mean
0: She's she's
2: a somewhat public figure. So I get asked about her. Ah, okay. And so she, and so, yeah. And I, and I don't, I mean, I've actually even started talking about the relationship stand up. So, and she's totally fine with it. I uh-huh. didn't just, I didn't just do it and be like, you know what you signed up for? <laughs> you
4: know,
2: I asked, I was like, is it cool if I, and she was like, I don't care. Talk about whatever the fuck you want. Uh
0: huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, cause it, I have, I well so I got married recently, which is lovely. lovely. I see lovely. the wedding yeah. ring. Thank you. And uh, was thank you the right response? Yeah. Well, it thank was. You, it yeah. was. I no, see I the wedding mean, it's guy. A little, it's a little gaudy. That diamond's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, she's
2: treating him right. <laughs> <huh>?
0: <laughs> Take him to a nice dinner. Give him a ring. But uh, you know, she um, she isn't in the entertainment business or anything like that, and she really doesn't want to be uh, in in the public eye. Yeah. And um, and that's that's tough because uh, there is there's a lot of pressure. Um, to share those things, and and um, and I don't want to come off guarded um, or uh, or like I I you know <clears throat> opaque or something. But, sure, but um, for me, it's it's just it's really important to have that division. Like there's there's a part of my life that's just not incorporated into this public persona or or performance or you know any of it it's just it's just for me and for her and for you know those who you know are are close friends and family and that's to me that's a really important part of kind of maintaining my sanity
2: yeah and 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 it's sort of public as we are but i mean it's not like we're not like tabloid couple but it but but it's just that i would talk about it if someone if someone asked me but i still feel like there are sections that that are just for us, but you're right. It is important because, because all the other stuff, all the public stuff, is based on stuff that's you know not not always real or at least you know if you're if you're doing a red carpet, you're kind of a version of yourself. You're like, oh, it was you know, I on this thing, and it was mm-hmm. a you know, like mm-hmm. if you, if you were like that at home, it'd be irritating. I think you know, <laughs> yes, you know, if yeah. you if you if you had to give. Well thought out, measured answers to everything to satisfy a soundbite. Soundbite, yeah, exactly. You know, you'd be yes, honey. This uh, the dinner that you uh, had delivered was uh, it, it was uh, it resonated well, I think, with the younger demographic. <laughs> and you know, like you, you get fucking punched in the face. And so it is. I think it is important to keep that to keep that separate. But obviously, you know, th- there there is some because everyone wants to know all things at all times and feels they have a right to now. <laughs> so right. it's kind of an interesting it is kind of an interesting balance
0: yeah yeah i'm still working on it
2: do you go do you go to premieres together or is she like i don't even want to do the red carpet that shit's
4: weird
0: oh no she would never do that yeah. that would mortify her she would yeah she, no I think maybe that's you know. It, it's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome. I, I think, think so it, too. I, I think yeah, because those things are kind of mortifying. Yeah. Those red carpets. Not that only you.
2: that, but if you but if you're with someone who really liked it, right? Then that right. that's that's sort of a weird because you don't you know, it's I feel like it can be difficult to date if you're somewhat of a public figure because there can be a myriad of reasons that someone might go out with you and you don't know yeah, that right. so if someone just sort of rejects that right off the bat you're like oh okay good you know you just
0: like me I don't give a shit about any of that stuff yeah that's that really is true <laughs> <laughs> you're right i mean and that's that's i mean just one of many 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 reasons that i that i love her but but it you, you are correct do you feel like a
2: married guy now or is it just like oh like once you do it it doesn't really you know like, matt matt's getting married in yeah, october.
4: october you are congratulations yeah, thank you very much she's uh talked to me about maybe not saying so many things. <laughs> uh,
0: that's interesting. Like yeah. what?
4: Like what? Just I mean like, not that you should say the things. No, but, I mean like where are no, the they cover all had, the things
2: you're not supposed to. say. <laughs> yeah. no, we've
4: just had discussions like when we were even when like we we're talking about the wedding planning on here and I said stuff and I just don't even there's no real sort of filter on my brain for my life and now that she is also my life, right. now our life, mm-hmm. but I have learned uh, nicely through her that Maybe there should be a filter uh-huh. <laughs> when uh, discussing our sort of our lives and, and and our plans, and so it's just it it's it's been a thing I've had to curb. Yeah. I would
2: never even, and I would never even have to have someone ask me this, but the stuff that I talk about her on stage is stuff that's sort of it's publicly known. I I would never be like.
4: Hey, this one in the old blim, yeah. sure loves... <laughs> like, Sherlock. Chris, I'm, I don't yeah. think anyone thought you were saying this one in the old sack of Well first of all, I've never
2: been I've never been that kind of a guy, like not even not even off the record am I the type of person that is I'm just not that way. Right. I don't know. I kinda of, was raised by my mom mostly and I just I'm just not I feel weird. Even just ta- if I if I get around groups of guys and they're like we got so much ass last night. I'm like, I feel weird. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> I can I got to go. Like I yeah. just don't I don't communicate that way, so it's I feel awkward. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm so above everything. It's the 100% truth. If sure. a dude, It's awkward, yeah. It is awkward no. if a dude starts talking about like I think that's the Catholic in us. Is it? Yeah. My, my, my I don't my, know. I'm a Jew and I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Jews and Catholics, they, they, they I they mean, there's a lot of, of similarities. Similarities. Very. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. it's yeah. very, very close. But uh yeah I know my 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 manager and I have a, a long running joke about it because he used to work with some guys and he was they were out to dinner one night and one of them was like, man we got so much pussy last weekend and they were they kept throwing that word around like it and and he and afterwards he called me and he was like, "I am so glad that this is not how we communicate, and it's so weird <laughs> to be around it." That we'll just randomly call each other during the day. And go, hey, a lot of puss in the oven. So much oh my god, a mountain of pussy. You know, like it's well, so. Tell weird. him to stop talking to
4: David Spade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so like that type of communication is so. Are you? Do you consider yourself like a dude's dude, or are you like? Are you more? Uh,
0: or do Do you kind of break what the the stereotype? The stereotype. Uh, I mean, I, I always I always found the same thing that it's funny how I think some some guys it seems. Uh, and actually, this isn't just guys. I think, I yeah. think uh, both males and females do this. Sure. They are attracted sexually to the uh, potential to be able to tell the story right. of what they did more even than the experience itself. right. and uh, yeah, the guy, the guy version of it is, oh, yeah, dude, I' got so much fucking pussy." Yeah, and you know you could imagine what what you know. But the young lady or old lady version of that. Is, I, is, got so
2: I, got, I got so much pussy in my so day. K- k- <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like a hoover <laughs> during the time of
4: hoover. <laughs> and just for a second, I, I felt a drop in my pussy. <laughs> She's probably dry, you know. Oh, Matt, so Matt, I was thinking real. that uh, Why, the old lady got to be dry. Yeah, what? seriously. Why are you menopause? Uh, <laughs> Why I can are tell you about ages? menopause. I've been doing a lot of reading for my Ed Snowden movie about menopause. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, this is here's another question that's related to that, though that I think about a lot. Like with with artists that you love, or or any public anybody, how much do you look into their private life outside of their work? Like you know, uh, there's lots of examples of like. Miles Davis apparently didn't have a great uh, private life, but he um, had an he excellent heroin dealer. Or, you know, there's... You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. They, or, you know, there's... or like Peter Sellers or like... I
2: didn't know that one, but well, yeah, exactly. Peter, you know, it, it, Peter Sellers is portrayed as, as having been kind of a monstrous individual to his family. And so, and, and it does, you know... Does it, that impact you when you watch a Peter Sellers movie? It's hard not to think about it. Uh-huh. I mean, it's hard not to think... I mean, on the one hand, you can appreciate. You, I'll tell you what. You can. I feel like on one hand, part of your brain can appreciate the technical aspects of it. This, this sort of spiritual aspects are like. Eh, but you know, mm-hmm. if if having that much genius meant that he had that he was that horrible to people, mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. And certainly, uh, and and certainly in the case of someone like Cosby, completely ruined. Can't mm-hmm. can't can't get into it anymore. Can't watch him anymore. Can't. Like all those charming family story, like it's all i it, it I just can't I can't anymore, so that was a case where it was completely completely ruined for me but um but I think it also depends on you know what the stories were how how much like where the rumors might be, and the you know I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but if it seems like something was either proven or there was an alarming amount of evidence to suggest, then of course it's hard to it's hard to separate, yeah, but um, I think ultimately. You know the, it, the there is an example to be learned from it, which is <laughs> you know handle your shit well and try to be a good person sure, <laughs> and don't sure, and true. don't you know because because our business does attract broken people and then it breaks them further, yeah. and so you know if you are fortunate enough to find a nice partner uh as I have and you and matt and uh, then uh, you know don't take it for granted because those those types of things. I think can tether us to um uh can tether us to reality and keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. And and knowing that the alternative is, you know, not the alternative it could always be it could always be worse. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think about that stuff when I just go, I'm just glad that I'm glad that I don't have like a monstrous demon that I have to battle with every
0: single day mm-hmm. that Yeah, because even I, I feel like I I I'm super lucky, and you know i I was born to great loving parents who you know I feel like I don't have a lot of stuff to contend with like that, and even still it's it's sort of difficult to just like you say, keep your feet on the ground you know working in in the in the sort of insane business that we do, and I can only imagine if I was having to contend with with whatever doubts or demons. That that doing this kind of work would just be. I mean, impossible. it's so funny. It's like
2: if I didn't know if I didn't know who you were and I just met you, I, and I didn't know who you were. It's like the, the level of stuff that you do, but then just talking to you, it's like, oh, a, you know, so I was like, I'm just you know, that was Joe. He's just a dude. Like he's not. No, no, he's in like a bunch of the biggest movies. No, come on, he's like a regular guy. What are you talking about? Thanks, man. I mean it's and and I think ultimately that's the that's probably one of the best scenarios you can hope for in this business is to yeah. is to be able to do the things you like and not get chewed up or have mm. your soul completely. And I think that's why it's important to have interests outside of it, a passion project like hit record or a nice mm. partner or right. you know like a good family and a cool brother and cool parents mm-hmm. and you know it's like that's some of those things you're you're just very lucky that you happen to have a cool family. And that's so grateful. You know, yeah. And so,
0: and so that's, uh, and I do, and I feel protective of it. And so when I go on, you know, some, uh, in various certain press venues, but you know, where you kind of receive pressure to like, well, so tell me, you know, more about your wife or your married life or whatever. I, I, I do feel protective. I don't, I don't you know want to But the thing it. that's irritating about that is that it's not like if, you cuz
2: you know they're just trying to exploit you for a story to get views or to get ratings or to get attention mm-hmm. that's right and I- and i don't like you know if I ask someone something like that, I'm not trying to break a story. It's like, oh, I'm really interested to know. And if you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about it. But you but the pressure that you're feeling is because you can tell that it's coming from a selfish place and it's they're not really they don't really want to know you. Mm-hmm. They just wanna see what they can crack open and
0: you know, and get hits on a website for. It. And that's
2: yeah. what's that's why you should be protective of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. Well and that's I mean, I and I've felt that both times that I've been, you know, done this podcast with you. It just it feels like we're having a conversation, two dudes like kind of getting to know each other. One of these Those days people. we could have a conversation without without microphones.
3: microphones? Nah, boring. <laughs> nah, never happen. Boring. Nope. <laughs> we can't. If you can't record it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it does
2: not
0: exist. Well, do you want to play? When's this? When season two of uh, Hit Record coming? This out. Friday is the first. Uh, the first episode, June twelfth, on Pivot. On Pivot. Which is a cable channel <laughs> that uh you know, it just started. Not a lot of people necessarily know about it. They attracted a lot of good talent though. Like Pivot it's it there's some really cool programming. And there's reason, you know, the because the guy who started Pivot um is a guy named Jeff Skull. Um and Jeff Skoll, uh, he was one of the uh he was the first president of eBay. Oh wow. And so he exited eBay with uh a lot of money let's just say. <laughs> and and since then he uh he started he's 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 started so many things and he supports so much social entrepreneurship and I mean he does a ton of stuff but uh, in in the media side of of his career um, he started a company called Participant Films and uh, in the movie industry for the last 10 years they've they've uh contributed to so many great movies like uh well the one that I was in is called Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh they they were uh you know one of the companies involved in that or an inconvenient truth or um what else uh the help um tons tons and tons of movies and uh but they operate on this thing that I think is really cool called the double bottom line which means they have the normal bottom line where they are they're responsible to you know be a lucrative and sustainable company. But the other bottom line is Jeff holds them accountable to this has to have a certain amount of positive social impact. And you ha- we have to be able to measure that. Mm-hmm. And so they, with every one of their productions, with every movie, like, for example, with Lincoln, they, um, they spent the money to create an entire high school curriculum around the movie uh, and send that curriculum along with a copy of the DVD to every public high school in the United States. And they do that kind of thing for every production and every production is different they have some kind of campaign that they also put a ton of money into so that the production will have you know some kind of measurable social impact and um and they've done really well as a film company uh for about a decade and uh and so pivot they just started uh last year 2014 pivot started and uh they're you know getting into the TV game That's great. Yeah yeah so it's so I feel good you know working for that guy and uh, and also by the way I don't think we probably could have made our show anywhere else because I think you if
2: know. you just were doing hit record you could still be able to say like I'm successful you know because like, <laughs> it's, it's a thing it's a passion project and it's something thing that's very important to you and a thing that's for the community you know and, and but then you just start leveling up, you start adding all stuff on top of that and it's pretty, you know what it's best that you don't think about it too much because <laughs> you, you should stay grounded and cool thanks, uh, thanks. but uh, but congratulations and congratulations on the wedding and thank you um, very much and uh and enjoy your burrito, everyone. The end.
0: Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy
3: your burrito.